You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, along with House of Houston's Brian Patterson, and welcome to your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, uh, we got to start on this one with uh, just uh, just catastrophic news for the Texans a couple of days ago. We're sorry we, we haven't got to this in the last couple of days. Just been the, the two of our schedules have been kind of crazy. And we, we kind of wanted to give you guys a little time just to take it and celebrate. I know there's a lot of Houston sports fans out there, the Astros in the World Series. But, Brian, the only thing I could think about when this happened and, you know, everybody was tweeting about it and, and responding to it after you found out the news. But, you know, it's one of those deals when you're a Houston sports fan, you go, man, if you just give me a championship, I don't care what happens after that. Just give me a championship. And the sports god said, we're going to test you on that little thing. We're going to find out right. if you really mean it. And, and they really found out if we meant it because it was just hours. And all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson done for the season. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. And can you imagine had the Astros lost game seven and then the Deshaun Watson news comes right behind that? I mean, that would be just so Houston in terms of the news that we would get. Uh, I don't know if I could emotionally take all of that. You're trying to process the two, but thank goodness that the Astros won the World Series because, you know, we're all on a spiritual high right now uh, because of that. But this this isn't emotional letdown, but Deshaun Watson's going to be back and he's going to be out there running and gunning. But I, I just can't even imagine what that would have been for us as uh, Houston sports fans of what's going on. But you know the Rockets. You know people tend to forget about them, but they're they're doing stuff over there too. They have the leagues, the Western Conference, the second best record at um, seven and three. So you know it's it's pretty good there. But again, Deshaun, you know, wish you the best. You know, in your recovery, you you were definitely a fighter, and you have been amazing uh, to watch out there on the field. Brian, we got to get talk about a couple of subjects. I mean, this is uh, this is where do you go if you're the Texans from here? Where do you go as a fan? What are you paying attention to? Because this is troublesome on so many levels. First of all, uh, let me be honest with you, Brian. I figured if the Texans could could make the playoffs, and you know, I you know, I I had real good reason to believe that they could go on a great run and get into the playoffs. That with Deshaun Watson you're now one of those teams that have a chance to win a championship. You know, we've seen so many of these devastating injuries and a couple of them to quarterbacks. Obviously the Aaron Rodgers one is the one that sticks out the most, but when you look around the NFL right now, there's just not that juggernaut that you go, okay, that's the obvious team. The chiefs struggled a little bit recently. You have the Patriots that whose de- their defense isn't what it once was. And the Texans almost went up there and beat them with, you know, Deshaun Watson before he had Will Fuller to work with. And, you know, some of the other things that they have gotten together since that time. So, you you know, in the NFL, when you've got the Deshaun Watsons, you've got that kind of talent and not just Watson, but DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and, and some of the toys that the Texans have. And Jonathan Joseph's not getting any younger and Kareem Jackson's not getting any younger and some of your other uh, guys on the defensive end who are veterans, you look at the situation and you go, 
it's, it's just so devastating because this, this is a real missed opportunity. I mean, the Texans get into the playoffs, Brian, and all of a sudden, all bets are off. You know, Deshaun Watson, I'd have confidence going into any playoff game because of his clutch ability. That's right. Any Anytime you have number four out there, you just know that you've got a chance. He gave us a chance to win, and he covered up a lot of our uh, deficiencies, uh, whether it be on offense or defense, because um, he's that type of playmaker that uh, can get that engine going to, to keep us moving. Um, just, you know, giving you an example of how great he is, how, like, we can go back to last week's game where it was at the uh, start of the top of the fourth quarter where he had that pass to uh, Lamar Miller, where he shook Marcus Smith. You know, he was about to sack him. He shook him off. He did a turnaround like a like it, it was like a spin move off of him and a play fake. It was like all at the same time. And then he threw it into Lamar Miller for the touchdown. And um, that play was actually mic'd up. Tom Savage goes to him and says, I don't know how you were able to do that. I know I would have injured my groin. There's there's no way. And then Clowney's all on the sideline saying, I knew that was going to be a touchdown. I mean, just from a Texas quarterback, from that standpoint, we've never been able to see such a dynamic playmaker as he uh, was and will still be when he comes back. So I, it, it was just an exciting play. I just wanted to bring that up because – that's more to come of what we're going to expect out of Deshaun Watson. There's such a de- definitiveness when you say that right there. I was looking for the word, but there's that definitiveness when you say he will be that when he comes back. Now, he's had an ACL injury before on his other leg, and you wonder with guys like this, will the explosion be there? Will he have all of those things coming back? But, Brian, from what you remember from these type of injuries – this guy, you feel like he's coming back and he's going to be just as explosive. I mean, we're not talking about an RG3 situation, are we, where all of a sudden no. he doesn't have the legs anymore? No, no. Uh, Deshaun Watts is more, more of a better athlete. Uh, he's more durable. He's younger. Um, let's say this was Tom Brady. This would be a devastating injury for him. He would be done for his career. But he's young. He's going to heal a lot faster than than what you would typically uh, he'll like for a 30 year old or, or greater uh, quarterback. So once he's he gets through his recovery and they need to he needs to take it as well as the Texas need to take it slow until he is ready to come back out on the field. I think he honestly would be fine. Now, I, I will say this, that I, I was afraid this was going to happen because um, I'm not saying the Texas asked him to do much because he probably wanted to do this. But I was afraid because of our offensive line. He was having to go out and run. He could still stay in the pocket and be an effective quarterback. He still passed well when in the pocket, but it's where he's most dynamic when he comes out of it and makes plays, uh, you know, running that way. Because guys, guys just can't defend him. He's just, you never know what he's going to do. Um, He has quick reflexes. He can think and go through his reads, you know, without having to, you know, worry about, you know, if he's going to get sacked or not. And yes, he he does get sacked because sometimes the grades do get to him. But I'm just really amazed, too, at how much respect he commands in this league as a rookie. Um, Just all the love he was getting whenever the news came about his injury. Um, You know, you got veterans and, you know, sports media personalities, just everybody, even not in football, 
just, you know, giving Deshaun Watson all the praise. I mean, he would have been the runaway rookie of the year, um, but, you know, th- this is just something that uh, we can hold our heads up high on that number four is what we can instill our hope in. Right. And a couple of things that you just kind of blew through there right at the beginning. And I didn't want to stop you because I let you talk, Brian, and I, and I wanted to be cool, <laughs> cool about it. I want to get in your way. But you just kind of blew through a couple of things that I don't know if I just say would definitively RG3, he's a better athlete than RG3. And RG3 was a pretty extraordinary athlete. I don't know if you could say he was a better athlete. Now, he might have been a better quarterback at the point in his career where he just got hurt compared to where RG3 was at that time. But the other thing about what you said was that Tom Brady's career would be over with with an injury like that. First of all, I'm never going to doubt Tom Brady. I mean, that guy is some sort of miracle of modern science at this point. 40 years old, still going like nothing's bothering him, like age is not going to catch him. The other thing, Brian, Tom Brady doesn't rely on – it's not his legs. He's still a guy that it's about reading defenses. It's about his incredible accuracy, which Deshaun Watson is not in that league with Tom Brady. He's not – in the league with Tom Brady as far as the way he can read a defense and the way he can pick apart things and and do all that sort of stuff. I don't think Tom Brady's – it's all over for him if he gets an ACL injury. I think he could still come back because, you know, he can be a pocket passer, and even if he can't – if he doesn't have a little bit of mobility, and he's not going to – we know Tom Brady isn't Deshaun Watson mobility-wise, but he's gotten actually much better. I mean, that's a whole other story. He's worked on his body. He's worked on all that sort of stuff. But to say that – Oh, well, you know, RG3, oh, he's a better athlete than RG3. I don't know about that. To say Tom Brady's career is over with, I don't know about that. Let's not say that definitively. I I just don't agree with you on that at all, period. Hey, 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 it's fine. It's okay to disagree. But just at his age, at this level in his career, um, you, you know, coming back from an ACL injury for a guy that's 40, you know, it's just it, it, it doesn't look good for that. And he has had that injury before. What was it way back when? And he came back just fine. He was a lot younger uh, back then. Again, um, I don't recall how he sustained that injury, but he was able to come back from it. So, um, you know, I, I may be a little bit unfair with the comparison with Tom Brady. But again, when you're 40, <laughs> you feel like you're 40. But apparently, you know, Tom Brady is you know, definitely just one of those uh, modern miracles. And um, I just definitely want to have what he's having because I'm almost 40 myself. (laughs) (laughs) Just a reminder, we're going to have a post-game show after the Colts game tomorrow, Sunday, as we're recording this. And so uh, just a reminder for that. Brian, a couple things we need to talk about uh, that uh, as far as going forward, and uh, before we get to that, just want to mention a couple of guys, a couple of the veterans. I, you talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, a lot of respect from, the, from some of the veterans out there. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, I heard some words from him. Uh, Quandre Diggs tweeted out, man, prayers up for my dude, Deshaun Watson. Hate to hear the news. The bounce back going to be real. You proved that before. Hashtag family. Uh, the Honey Badger, uh, Tyron Matthew said, damn man, hurting for you, bro. Deshaun Watson, it's a long journey, but you're a champion. Never waver. Did you see any more of that stuff out there? I think even Dwayne Brown, you know, he he also uh, said something about on on Twitter as well. And and, and Dwayne Brown, uh, still a lot of love. And, and I'll tell you what, also, 
Uh, Dwayne Brown had a lot of good things to say about him the day before he left uh, last last game, last locker room session, I should say, with the Texans. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but he just basically said, you know, it's a shame that I only got to play one game with him, you know, that he wished he would have been able to play more with him. But as you know, the circumstances behind the scenes are, are a lot more complicated. And, you know, this trade had to happen uh, because uh, the relationship between he and the front office had had just uh, completely uh, been burned down to ashes. So um, he's in a great situation now. I'm I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, but man, I just wish I would have been able to see more games with those uh, two guys together, with without a doubt. Yeah, I was asked, I was asking though, did, did you see any other uh, tweets on on Watson? I didn't want to get into Dwayne because we've gone we've gone through that material. Uh, what, did you see any other tweets with uh, regarding Deshaun? Oh, Dale Beckham Jr. He did tweet. Uh, this was via Josina Anderson of ESPN, and he says, you know, little bruh, I know at this time things may be scary. Your first year in the league, running for MVP, trying to win a championship, trying to get the spot you deserve to defy the odds, to do the things that said that you can't and it gets taken away. He said, everything is a blessing in disguise. Truly believe that this all happens for a reason. Take this time to evaluate and appreciate everything you've been blessed with. So, you know, just some kind words from Odell Beckham Jr., arguably the best receiver uh, in this league right now. Now, there's a guy named D-Hop that we have that's 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 making uh, that campaign as well. But, uh, you know, you would definitely say ODB is uh, certainly uh, one of the uh, guys that's uh, in the running for that. Let's talk about the future. I mean, we got to get into that. We have uh, a couple of signings, Matt McGloin and TJ Yates. I know that brings up a big yawn. Uh, TJ Yates, he, he's gained a lot of fans I guess over the years with with what he's done in a couple of big games the the game against the Bengals that helped the Texans win their first division title and he had uh you know he, he had a couple of good games when they needed him uh the last couple of I think it was it was a two years ago against the the bank that Bengals game on national Bengals television. killer yeah he is the Bengals killer yeah he's been fantastic and then the other guy Matt McGloin Bill O'Brien they have a relationship they hit that he played for him when when OB was at Penn State, so that's there. You guys remember Matt McGloin? It wasn't pretty when he played against the Texans in the playoffs last year in the in, in that wild card game. So those are the two guys that the Texans signed. Here is the problem, Brian. You've got Tom Savage, which is still the guy that's going to come in and be the quarterback. I don't know about you, but I, I think Tom Savage is probably going to get hurt within two games with this offensive line Deshaun Watson he's covered up so many mistakes like we've talked about with this offensive line they're pretty much a four orange traffic cones and and Nick Martin right now I mean they're just not very good I mean this is just a not a mediocre offensive line I think it's a bad offensive line that Deshaun Watson has made so much look so much better, not just because he could scramble away from pressure. Let's let's forget about that for a second. But Brian, speak to this. Deshaun Watson makes the offensive line look better because the defense can't key on certain things because you got to account for the fact that Deshaun Watson can take off. And there's been all of these new misdirections added to the offense with Deshaun Watson that they can't do with Tom Savage because He's he's not going to go, you know, read option on you. He's not taking the ball and taking off. You're not scared of that with Tom Savage. So 
defenses had to respect so many different things. They had to stay in their lane. And, you know, as they say in the NFL, you, just, you, you had to respect what Watson could do out there. And now uh, Tom Savage, I, I think, you know, I, I just can't see him staying healthy for that long with these guys in front of him. It's going to be real difficult. Yeah, and it, it's going to be a nightmare uh, for Tom because, you know, it, it's going to be sack after sack. Um, I just hope that while he's been sitting there, you know, while he's been standing on the bench or wh- whatever he does, you know, while yeah, he's out there, that he's learned a few things and that he could try to adjust into his game. But sometimes, you know, you, you, when you're as gifted as an athlete as Deshaun Watson and then you're Tom Savage and you look at yourself, you're like, well, I'm going to try to do the best I can to help this team win. I don't know exactly what that's going to be, but he, Tom Savage is a quality quarterback. He could be a quality backup in this league, uh, but he needs a, a great offensive line to do it because he is a traditional pocket passer. So he, he's got his another opportunity. Tom, you know, he, he, we didn't know if he was going to be able to see the field this season, and now uh, he's getting that opportunity again. He's got to make the best of it. Because again, this is his, you know, last year on his rookie deal. Um, if he wants to be picked up somewhere, people are going to be watching um, his tendencies, uh, what he's going to be doing out there. But I really like the fact that T.J. Yates is the backup because what with T.J. you do get the his ability to to run. He can definitely run. Not as great as Deshaun, but T.J. we know can put points uh, up up on the board. And um, if if Tom Savage is not cutting it, I would immediately just go on and put TJ in. He knows the system. He, he knows how things are ran around here. He was in Bill O'Brien's system. So um, I, I was actually, I have to admit, I was actually excited whenever we signed him because I knew he was available. He was sitting on the couch uh, because I'm not really all that keen on Matt McGloin. Um, it's good that we have him as, you know, additional for, for depth purposes, but I, I just wasn't confident that he could help win some games. But a combination of Tom Savage and TJ Yates, hey, we may still be able to compete with those guys. I, I'm not I'm not saying that we're done for the season. And people have laughed at me and said, oh, man, we're not going to win another game. But I, I really do think that these guys can help us win games. We may not make the playoffs, but we're not going to end the season three and 13. I guarantee you that. Yeah, that, that doesn't exactly get anybody all that excited. That wasn't the uh, rah-rah speech. And, and, and when you talk about the differences, as I was saying, between Savage and Watson, Bill O'Brien said, quote, yeah, clearly there's differences. Every quarterback's different. There's a lot of differences. I mean, that's obvious. I think anybody could watch a game and see the differences between every quarterback in the league. Uh, he, he didn't. He didn't say much beyond that. I don't think about the differences between the two guys, because <laughs> you know, Bill O'Brien. Because there isn't. Because yeah, well, no, it's not a comp. Not yeah. even comparable. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. There's, it's not comparable. So yeah. that, that's that that that's the thing. One of the things that we got to address now is it's the elephant in the room, Brian. It's the elephant in the room. Uh, we talked about about this. I think a few weeks ago about, you know, Deshaun Watson and this offense has so drastically changed. I said there was no point in keeping Tom Savage around. There was literally no point. That's why I wanted to deal him and get what you could. But that means you got to go out and get somebody that can do the things Deshaun Watson can do. And the only guy that is out there that looks like he's pretty obvious, the pretty obvious choice None of the owners in the NFL wants to touch. 
Who am I talking about? <laughs> oh, I already know who you're talking about. Yeah, number seven. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. He's he's waiting for this opportunity. And, you know, I, I know he's just cringing because we signed Matt McGloin. Now, TJ Yates understandable because he is proven, but Matt McGloin is not. And as much as I would love to have Colin Kaepernick on this team with what Bob McNair said with his recent comments, there's no way that he would have a spot on this team. Yeah, just think about the type of response that the fans out in the stadium would give. Now, my, I would feel a little bit differently, but there are a lot of fans. The fans in the stadium, I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of fans in the stadium from here on out because how many people are really going to want to go watch Tom Sapp? I mean, they're not going to... You we're not. You can say they're not going to be three and thirteen. They're not going to be ten and six with Tom Savage. I can tell you that they're not going to make the playoffs. You know what helps the fans when you talk about a quarterback? It helps if you actually can win football games. And look, Colin Kaepernick with this offense the way it's the way it's right now, he's not Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to try to convince you of that. But Colin Kaepernick can avoid the pass rush. You can keep doing what you're doing and what you've been successful at as far as this read option stuff, because this is right out of Colin Kaepernick's playbook. Is he going to be as accurate? Is he going to make as good of decisions as Deshaun Watson? Probably not, but we know what kind of athlete Colin Kaepernick is. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's just, you, you, there's no argument to that. And, you know, I, I mean, this is a situation where if you're the Houston Texans, do you, want to win games or are you worried about a handful of fans that might be upset at the move? I mean, if, if, if look, if the fans were upset, if the fans were upset at Colin Kaepernick, they could have been too happy about what happened on Sunday against the Seahawks. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, are you all of a sudden, Oh, I I'm, I'm okay with all those other guys taking the knee, but I don't like the fact that Colin Kaepernick started this. So Brian, I, I, I just, I don't. I I get what you you might be trying to get into the mind of Bob McNair or something like that, but if Bob McNair knows about fans and sports, W's are what get you fans. That's the end of the that's the end of the story right there. Yeah, and, and you're preaching to the choir. I would love to have him sign, but it's just not going to happen uh, for that reason. And um, the the thing with the fans is that you know because I've had these discussions before on Facebook and people have come up to me. A lot of them don't know what Colin Kaepernick is doing this. What what what's the reason behind it for the movement that that he has started? You know, they're like Brian, help help me understand. I don't know what's going on, and I have to explain to them. And they're like, oh, and and then they they can become enlightened. But when you base your opinion off of something you don't know about, you do sound ignorant. And that's that's exactly what Dwayne Brown told uh, Bob McNair in his quote. I just don't understand how anybody can be ignorant of what's going on. If you don't understand what he's doing, yeah. go- Google it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a million stories about what he's doing. I mean, I to me, people need to read, you know. Yes. I, this yes. is not, it's not difficult. Just go find it. It's It's out there. Uh, it's only been in about four million articles of what he's yeah. tra- what he's trying to do, but if you're not going to get Kaepernick, you know, getting a TJ Yates, you say he's proven he's proven as a second stringer and a guy that gets cut a lot by a lot of different teams. That's all he's proven. So you could be oh TJ Yates, he's a proven guy. 
yeah, he's gotten a couple of, you know, as long as we keep playing the Bengals the rest of the year, it'd be fine. But the Bengals game's over with, and we're not playing the Bengals again. So, you know, DJ Yates, you know, who cares? Matt McGloin, who cares? What they need to go out and do, what they should try to find, and Kaepernick is the only guy that really fits this perfectly, but you need to find a guy that can run that type of system, that can run a read option, that has some athleticism, that can do the same things that Deshaun Watson did, at least physically. You know, the mental part is sometimes a totally different story, but we're talking about an offensive line that gave up 10 sacks, and most of those were with Deshaun Watson in the game, first week of the season, and we're with an offense that was designed for Tom Savage, not Deshaun Watson. 10 sacks. And look, Jacksonville, no disrespect to you guys because you also got 10 sacks against the Colts uh, and and you've you've had a great defense the entire season. But if I were the Texans getting these guys that are statues in the pocket when you've had the success that you've had doing what you did, it, 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 it would be a travesty not to even go out and search for that kind of guy. Like I said, I don't know if that guy exists out there but there's got to be somebody because you, as many teams that do that in college football, there's got to be one or two of those guys that are out there um, that can at least give you a shot in the same way Deshaun Watson to, you know, maybe run a little bit of what you've been doing and, and keep a little bit of that momentum. And so you're, now your entire offensive line doesn't have to change what they what they're doing. Your running backs don't have to change what they're doing. You can continue doing that type of thing. Exactly. And then with, with Colin Kaepernick, I mean, he, it would be great to have him, but let's theoretically say if we did sign him, you know, he would be able to finish up the season and we could have some success. But what do you do with him when Deshaun Watson comes back? He's obviously not going to be here much longer after that because this is Deshaun Watson's team. It would be great to have him as a quarterback, but I don't know if Colin Kaepernick would be accepting of that. But if if he does get us, you know, to the playoffs, if he were to do that, it would be a tough decision that the Texans would have to make because you can't pay. He's going to want to get paid. And um, it, it's just, you know, just looking at just the future aspects of having Kaepernick on this team. Maybe that's what they were thinking about. What what if what, the what ifs about that? But you know what? It's more about the now. You know, it's about winning games and you would worry about the rest later. But I just thought I'd bring that up. Last thing I want to bring up, one we got to talk about one other key factor that just it's it's reason number one million that this just really sucks. The Texans do not have a first round pick and do not have a second round pick. If anybody has forgotten, so they traded the second round pick to the Browns to get rid of the Brock Osweiler contract. They traded the first round pick to the Browns to get Deshaun Watson. So usually, when you have a situation like this, you go well. If they go into the tank, then, oh, we got uh, great draft picks at least. We got we can add to the talent. Watson's going to be back the following year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is a situation where, yeah, your third-round picks, you got, you know, your one third-round pick moves up a little bit. Remember that you just made the – you, the Seahawks are giving you a third-round pick, but you just made them better by giving them Dwayne Brown. So that pick is going to be probably late third round. Now, there's talk, oh, well, the Texans can move up. They can take their early third rounder and and later third rounder and and move up into the second round, and maybe that's possible. But as far as losing, helping you in the draft, 
it, it, it's not much of a help. I mean, yeah, you get a higher third or a higher fourth, a higher fifth. Uh, so be it. But the, you don't move up and really make that big jump in the first and second round to get to your elite athletes, Brian. And that's something that as soon as I heard the news, I thought, well, the Browns get another chance to screw up a high first or second round pick this year. They'll this find year. a way. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, they'll they'll find a way, and and you know just with, with with the goal of the you know when you're a football team, you you need to go out and win games, and you know I I'm just not a big fan of tanking to, to get the best pick. The best pick, 2013 made a lot of sense because there was just no hope, and I I totally get the two and fourteen season, but uh, this year um, we still have pieces that where we could go out and uh, win some games. It just, I just don't believe in tanking because you still got to go out and be competitive and you want to go and, uh, and and try to win the football game instead of just rolling over and, and giving up. I've, I've just never been that type of person. But, uh, yeah, I, I fully expect that they get everybody that they can, you know, as far as assembling talent to try to go out and, and make some uh, inroads in, in winning this division. But uh, that, that's the goal, but... But, geez, you know, as low as Jacksonville is, you know, it looks like they're well on their way. Well, I mean, of course they got it. I mean, you, you say they're going to do everything that they can. We just explained they have to, Brian. They have to. Uh, there, there's no benefit for them not to try at this point. And, and, and the NFL, when we say try, it's not necessarily – I'm not saying that the Texans w- w- would have, uh, oh, just, oh, we're not going to try because we can get a higher pick. I'm just saying the benefit – of all of a sudden you being bad because of injury is higher picks. Normally you get a higher draft choice. You go, Oh, I'm talking about this is for, for, for a fan's perspective, for the organization's perspective, the NFL, it's not for long baby. So no, none of these players, they're not going to tank. They're not going to go into the tank because Hey, their jobs down the line next year, the following year, uh, you can get cut in the NFL and there's not a whole lot of upside or just say downside for the team, but uh, upside for you. You're not walking home with guaranteed money a lot of times. So the players have to give you everything that they have. The coaching staff are playing for their jobs the next season. That could end you know, sooner rather than later. I think it helps. This helps Bill O'Brien. Brian, I think this, you know, this idea that OB was going to leave after this year, Unless this rift that we've heard about between him and Rick Smith or him and Bob McNair or whatever is just so terribly bad that it's irreparable. There's no way you can get rid of Bill O'Brien. He just had his quarterback uh, and his star player uh, ripped from his team. And with the talent that he's got left, you can't expect him to do much. And he also lost, oh yeah, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless. So it's, you know, this guy's like not, he de- he's lost, what, what would you say, like three of their five best players? I mean, we, we put Clowney in the conversation, maybe J. Joe, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe three of their six best players in the, over the course of the first few weeks of the season. I mean, yeah. this is, Bill O'Brien's got a job next year, unless th- there's th- that, this personal thing that we've heard rumors of, but nothing definite. He's got his job. Oh, without a doubt, and I, I I know those those could be true, but 
I imagine that they still work together to to get the job done. They may it's okay to disagree. I mean, that's going to happen when you're in a position like that. But ultimately, you know, they come together and uh, for the sake of the greater good to try to help this team uh, win football games. So. Um, I, I wouldn't let Bill O'Brien go because, you know, with all what he's done with what we've had and we're still able to string out nine and seven seasons um, all the way through since he's he's been here. Um, I don't know about this year being nine and seven, but um, we, we sure have a little bit of a shot to get to that point. We just have to see how the quarterback play is, because ultimately you got to put points up on the board. And when you don't have number four out there. It's going to look a lot like it has over the past couple of seasons. And unfortunately, we don't have the defense like we've had over those seasons to lift us up. So, yeah, this is this will be interesting. Let's go over a couple more of the tweets that uh, Deshaun got from from some pretty big names. Uh, you mentioned ODB, Odell Beckham, LeBron James. How about this? This seriously just made me sad, man. Get well and stronger. ASAP Deshaun Watson. T.O., Terrell Owens, I don't have to tell a God-fearing man that you'll be back. You will be an example of what God can do when faith is applied. Uh, the, the Beckham uh, deal, uh, he said, uh, did you say what he said, Brian, earlier? I can't remember. I did. I did. I, I did quote some of what he said. Not the whole. Um, he had a whole. Uh, right, right. Kind of like a monologue there for him. But, uh, yeah, I just pulled the best quotes that I liked out of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that there was some good stuff in there. Yeah. Tons of guys chiming in. I mean, he had captured the imagination of the league. Uh, you talked about rookie of the year candidate. Uh, you could definitely see him being an MVP candidate. At oh, the yes. Pace that he was going. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had 18 touchdown passes at this point in the season. Uh, Tom Brady, remember that guy? Yeah, he had 18 his entire rookie season. So... That's how good Deshaun Watson had been. And Brady, it, over, it took more time over the years for Brady to kind of get going and uh, get that momentum that you see the Tom Brady of today. But um, just uh, um, that <laughs> this story uh, is, is sad on so many levels because what he's done in the community, uh, what, uh, you know, this guy deserves is much more than the football gods gave him with this thing. And, it, and it, you know, the crazy thing was it wasn't even a game. It was just some stupid practice play. Yeah. That might be what worries me most, Brian. It's the fact that it wasn't some major play, major hit. And this is his second ACL injury. And is he a little more susceptible than the average quarterback or the average athlete to these type of injuries? Because, you know that they're playing. I would have. I would assume. I'm pretty darn sure that game or that practice was at their practice facility on grass. We're not even talking about something that we can blame on the turf or anything like that. That was a grass injury. It didn't look like anything from the p- people that watched it. And I guess that's the last concern I would say is just looking at this big picture wise. You know, hey, is this guy going to be more susceptible to that type of stuff? And that's something that you got to think about, too. We talk about this with baseball pitchers a lot. We talk about this in other sports. Uh, who is an injury fact? Who's got some injury uh, issues over time? You know, uh, but we also know that it's not always the case. We saw just as the NBA example, Steph Curry had the ankle problems 
and they're gone. He changed some things about how he trained with his ankles and some of the strengthening exercises from what I understand. And, and they've done some really good stuff with Steph Curry. Uh, you know, knock on wood, Eric Gordon here in town. I'm going to just say knock on wood as I say this. All of a sudden, that guy who came to the Houston with all sorts of injury issues played almost the entire season last year. And this year, all of a sudden, he's you know dunking and doing things that we haven't seen since he was a young player in the NBA. So there is hope that you know even if you have an injury history, that you know it could that could end. But ACLs they're they're weird parts of the body. So that's the thing. I don't know about you, Brian, but that concerns me just a little bit. It it, it does, and and I, I'm not sure if you thought about it, with the way they described the uh, injury. It kind of reminded me of Arian Foster, you know, back in 2015 against the Dolphins, where you know it was a play where he was just running and there was he was by himself alone just running with the ball and then all of a sudden the knee went out so I kind of liken it to that Um, and you just worry that if it's going to be a concern for the future but you know I I have nothing but faith and hope uh, indicating that he's going to come back from this uh, pretty strong and he's going to be able to go out and and be the guy that that we've all uh, come to expect anything else any other angles that I'm missing on this before we Call, call this a, a podcast and we can do it, do it all tomorrow again and try to try to get uh, excited if the Texans beat, beat the Colts. Uh, but anything else that you got on, on this, any other angles that I've missed? You pretty much covered it all, but I, I honestly, I just, I'm going to make this take. I would rather see TJ Yates start on Sunday. It's not going to happen, but I'd rather see TJ Yates start because he brings, out of all the three quarterbacks, he's going to bring the most dynamic uh, type of play uh, from himself. Uh, he, he Dynamic he's how? Dynamic, what do you mean dynamic? By dynamic with his, his running, his his ability to, to keep the chains moving. He, I mean, he's not the best passer, but uh, he, he, is, he has his legs to be able to overcome that offensive line. He's not Deshaun, but... Uh, he has proven that he is able to go out there and uh, make plays. And I know this is not something that, you know, Texas Nation may wants to hear, saying that T.J. Yates could be your savior, but he certainly gives you the best chance to win. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I can see what you're saying there. Uh, <laughs> he definitely has better legs than Tom Savage. I don't think Tom Savage is just sa- is a statue, though. Uh, but Yates, we, we saw him make some big plays. I remember that Bengals game we talked about that they won the division. He made a huge scramble in that play. I think it was like a 60 in that last drive that helped them win that yeah. game. It was a 16 yard run and just remarkable. Uh, just I'll throw out my last idea for a possible guy to bring in at quarterback, Brian, they need a big, amazing athletic guy, somebody that we've seen throw the football, somebody that I've seen wear a football helmet before. So I know he knows how to do this. Uh, he's not going to be busy for the next couple of months. And he's clutch. Uh, uh, Got to go with George Springer, right? I mean, is, yeah. <laughs> it, is there anybody better? I mean, come on, man. This guy can do it all. I mean, George Springer, he's got a couple months available. And, and, and you remember those throws that he made in, uh, out at Minute Maid Park during, <laughs> during batting practice? So this guy, is, and he, we, we know he's got an arm. I mean, come on, George Springer, uh, best arm on the Astros. So, yeah, he's got a, he's got a laser. I think he could do it. Yeah, let's let's go with George Springer on that. But uh, hey, guys, uh, stay with us. Uh, we're gonna fight through this. We're gonna we're just you know you gotta hold hold tight with us, and we're gonna try to make this fun the rest of the year. I, I know it's tough. 
Um, got to mourn the loss of Deshaun Watson. As Brian says, though, he's going to be back. Uh, it's good that this happened three months in, in you know, three months, uh, uh, I guess, what would what he, two months into the season? Two months into the season instead of later in the season because then it's a little trickier for him to get back at the start of, the, of next year. But it's about a nine-month recovery, so, so that part is good. So the future is bright. Uh, you, you, this year, you're, you're not going to uh, have J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless the rest of the way, but hopefully next year, all three of those guys will be back and healthy and somehow stay healthy. I mean, if you're a Texans fan, uh, you just got to figure out a way to get all of those guys on the field at the same time for a long period of time and then keep DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and some of the other players that uh, we know are so important uh, as far as the key players to, to getting the Texans to that next step and maybe do an AFC championship game and a Super Bowl. So uh, just a reminder, if you're a new listener, let, let everybody know about what you're hearing. Let them know that they can find us on iTunes and all your regular podcast apps. Hold tight. It's, you're going to get through this. And uh, you guys have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Houston.